Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord, for you feeding us, Lord, your manna every single week, Father God. Teaching us, Father God, how to stand through the trials of life. How to overcome the, with the things that pulls us down, Father God, knowing that no matter what is trying to pull us down, that your hands are underneath that, Father. And Lord, through this week's study, Lord, you're teaching us what should be our first response when we are hit with a situation, with a message of distress. Heavenly Father, I pray, Father God, that you will find your children not shaking like a reed when they are hit with the news of distress, but you will find them to be strong and emboldened in you and in your Holy Spirit, Father. I pray, Father God, that this message, Lord, will edify us to be people who will be strong in you. I pray all of this in your precious name. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. So what is distress? And what does the Bible say about distress? So why I'm saying that you can't, don't take any small situation and say it is distress. Distress has a very deep meaning to it. And it is the challenges of life that shakes your core. So what I'm trying to say is don't allow something that comes in your life to shake you, to challenge your core, your faith. But learn how to maneuver through that. This is about John Bunyan. In Pilgrim's, Pilgrim's Progress, he said, that when he came to Christ, he did not come just as sinner, but there was born in, in upon him the conviction that he was a sinner from the crown of his head to the sole of his feet, that he was sick with sin, that he was like betrayed, running sore in God's sight. And in distress, he went to Christ. Lamentation chapter 1 verse 20 says, See, O Lord, for I am in distress. My spirit is greatly troubled. My heart is overturned within me. For I have been very rebellious. In the street the sword slays. In the house it is like death. Luke chapter 21 verse 23 to 25. O to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babies in those days. For there will be great distress upon the land and wrath to this people. And they will fall by the edge of the sword and will be led captive into all the nations. And Jerusalem will be trampled underfoot by the Gentiles until the time, time of the Gentiles are fulfilled. Isaiah chapter 21 verse 3. For this reason my loins are full of anguish. Pains have seized me like the pains of a woman in labor. I am so bewildered, I cannot hear. So terrified, I cannot see. Acts chapter 16, verse 16 to 21. Paul was greatly distressed, seeing full of idols in the city of Athens. Paul reasoned with the worshippers at the synagogue and with the God-fearing Greeks about this concern. Paul could not keep quiet with his idolatry community. He had pain and disturbed emotionally and spiritually going through their temples. 
Paul discusses with the people whomsoever met on the streets and marketplaces. That is distress. So, you and I are not exempt of distress. So, when you when the distress hits you, do you fall apart like Peter? So, Peter was with Jesus when the throngs of people greeted Jesus at the gates of Jerusalem like a king returning to his kingdom. They were shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, and they were putting the palm branches for Jesus to walk upon. Peter witnessed that. Peter was with Jesus when he accused the money changers of making a house of prayer into a den of robbers and drove them out from the temple. He was with Jesus when Jesus healed the blind and the lame. He was with Jesus as children continued to greet Jesus. He witnessed as Jesus cursed the fig tree and it withered at the words of Christ. Peter was with Jesus as he taught in the temple courts and as the temple leaders questioned his authority and Jesus silenced them through parables and condemnations. And Peter was with Jesus at the house of Simon the leper when a woman came and anointed Jesus' feet with expensive perfume and dried them with her hair. And Jesus told them why she was doing what she was doing. And Peter was with Jesus in the upper room, dining with Jesus Christ at the Passover celebration. But Peter didn't know six hours or seven hours by now, he will be hit by a distressing situation, a circumstances, and he is going to fall apart. So when the soldiers came to arrest Jesus Christ, what did Peter do? He took the action in his hand, even though when he knew who was standing by him, his master, his Lord, his Savior was standing by him. But the distressing news hit him so hard that he was falling apart and he took the action in his own hand and he cut the priest's ears. So, do you fall apart when you are hit with the distressing news? This is an illustration. The 2,000-member Baptist Church was filled to overflowing capacity one Sunday morning. The preacher was ready to start the sermon when two men dressed in long black coats and black hats entered through the rear end of the church. One of the two men walked to the middle of the church while the other stayed at the back of the church. They both then reached under their coats and withdrew an automatic weapon. The one in the middle, middle announced, everyone willing to take a bullet for Jesus Christ, stay in your seats. And immediately the pews emptied, following by the choir. The deacons ran out the door, following, followed by the choir director and the assistant pastor. After a few moments, there were about 20 people left sitting in the church. The preacher was holding steady in the pulpit. And when the men saw that everybody ran away except for these 20 people, the men put their weapons away and said gently to the preacher, All right, pastor, the hypocrites are gone now. You may begin the service. So, do you fall apart when you are hit 
with the distressing news. Do that times and do that situation and the circumstances through you to be a hypocrite or a true follower of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Next, do you magnify your source of distress out of proportion when you are hit with distress? That's what Elijah did in 1 Kings chapter 19. You can read the whole chapter, but I'm just going to read bits and pieces. Elijah, the mighty prophet, is running away because of the fear he was trapped in by Jezebel's message. That she sent a message warning Elijah, by tomorrow, this time, Elijah, you would be gone. And Elijah runs for his life. Then a voice said to him, Elijah, why are you here? The, the, the verse before this talks about that he walks almost a day into the wilderness. He answered, Lord God, all-powerful, I have always served you as well as I could, but the people of Israel have broken their agreement with you, destroyed your altars, and killed your prophets with swords. I am the only prophet left, and now they are trying to kill me too. I love the Lord's response. He says, Elijah, you are thinking that you are the only guy left for me. But in verse 18, the Lord says, I have 7,000 people left in Israel who have never bowed down before Baal and whose mouths have never kissed his idol. So when you are hit with the distressing news, do you blow it out, out of proportion like Elijah did? So how do we handle distress? So we are going to learn from King David. We learned in our inner intro from Nehemiah what was his first response. And we just heard what should not be our first response and what should be our first response here from 1 Samuel chapter 3, chapter 30, verse 3. And when David and his men came to the city, they found it burnt with fire and their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him raised their voice and wept until they had no more strength to weep. David's two wives also had been taken captive. Ahinam of Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal of Carmel. And David was greatly distressed, distressed for the people were speaking of stoning him because all the people were bitter in soul, each for his sons and daughters. But when his soul was greatly in distress and when people were talking about stoning him, David, what does he do? His first response was, he strengthened himself in the Lord of his God. So what happened for David? David has been on the run from Saul for over seven years. Saul had tried to kill David 16 times. David was ordered to go and fight against his own people, the Israelites. But just when David thought things might improve, they got worse. David was in significant distress. His soldiers were in distress. Their homes has been burned to the ground. Their family has been captured and everything else was gone. And his own people was going to stone him. So what would I, what was David's first response? So what do you do when you experience distress in your life? What do you do when you experience financial ruin 
or a crippling accident or a destroyed relationship or a life threatening illness at that moment you might think that you don't have strength to deal with it you might think of giving up you are you might think of giving into that circumstances you might think of running away or you might try and think to fix this with your, with your own wisdom but that's not what david did that was not david's first response he says but david strengthened himself in the lord his god he did not trust in his own strength he did not think that he can handle it he did not think that he has enough to overcome the situation but he ran to his god to strengthen himself in the lord is god david had a personal relationship with god david turned to the lord is god yes david had faltered yes david had a temporary um, struggle that he is facing before his eyes but when he was in distress he went to his heavenly father he was not trying to do religion suddenly attending a worship service or give money or start reading the bible or say prayer because you want to earn god's favor favor religion will not fix your problem only relationship with christ will fix your problem and what was david's first response david said to abiathar the priest the son of abimelech bring me the ephod so abiathar brought the ephod to david the old testament the ephod was sometimes used by the leaders to seek the will of god and that is what david did now that was his first response david inquired of the lord shall i pursue after this band shall i overtake them and god answered him pursue for you shall surely overtake and shall surely rescue god not only answered david but gave gave him an assurance that he would su succeed and so david and his men set out to find their families so even when his own people were going to stone him even when david as an army guy knew how to go and find and attack his enemy he did not depend on his own strength his first response was to find his strength in his god almighty and to seek his god in the time of distress we no longer have a linen apart but we do have the god's very word his promises and the holy spirit god's strength is provided provided to anyone who has a personal relationship with you with him and who will go to him and seek his guidance who will diligently seek him not for the sake of religion but because you and i have a relationship with him this is about a missionary who went through time of despair and how did he handle that situation andrew bunson a christian pastor from north carolina spent 20 years in turkey he had a quite deep ministry there until 2016 when after a failed military coup the government arrested him along with journalist activist military officers and others the turkish government labeled him as a spy Bunsen was held for more than a year without charges he spent nearly 2 years in prison often enduring long trial 
And at one point, it looked like he could spend years or even decades in Turkish prisons. Finally, after pressure from the U.S. government, he was released from prison and returned to the United States. And then we was in a chapel talk, Bunsen was asked, how did he handle the distressing time? And Bernson candidly said that he did not feel God's overwhelming presence during his stay in prison. Instead, he experienced something even deeper. Bernson said, after a few days in prison, I completely lost the sense of God's presence. God was silent and he remained silent for two years. When he was finally brought to trial, things were even worse, he says. There are some who go into the valley of testing and some do not make it out. I was broken. And I lay there alone in my solitary cell. I had great fear, terrible grief, and I was weeping. And the thought kept coming through my mind, where are you, God? Where are, why are you so far away from me during this distressing time? And when he was in the cell, he asked, where are you, God? Why are you so far away? And he continued. And I opened my mouth as I wept lord and i was surprised at what i heard coming out of my mouth i heard i love you jesus i love you jesus i love you jesus and i thought here is my victory even if you are silent i love you even if you let my enemy arm me i love you that was this great man's response when he was in distress so we now saw how you can handle your distressing time. So you will definitely fight for you and your loved ones when you are in distress. How about one another? How about the people the Lord has brought into your life? How about your Christian brothers and sisters when they go through distress? What is your role and how do you play your role? You know, uh, surprisingly, I was talking to a couple of people to whom, um, you know, I was asking them, hey, I saw you standing close to that people when they were going through a distressing time. And I asked them the question, what was the reason that you stood so close to them? The, the answer was so shocking. They wanted to learn for themselves if something happens like this, if ever they were in a similar distressing situation, they wanted to know and learn how to handle it and how to be alert that they will not come into this distressing situations. It was not out of true brotherly love, but it was for their own benefit, for their selfish agendas. They were sticking to another Christian when they were going through distress. But the Bible calls you not to be that type of a Christian. Being close to others when they go through distress because you could learn something, because you could gain something, because you could have a knowledge or because you can go and advise somebody how to handle their distressing circumstances. That is against the word of God. And unfortunately, Many Christians are doing that when we are called to be there for one another. And if you are not going to be that one another, like Joseph's brother, when they uh, put him into the pit, and when they heard the distressing voice of Jacob when he was in the pit, the helpless voice crying out for help, they hardened their heart. 
they did not help him but but in genesis 42 was 21 to 23 when they were hit with the same similar circumstances they say then they said to one another truly we are guilty concerning our brother because we saw the distress of his soul when he pleaded with us yet we would not listen therefore this distress has come upon us ruben answered them saying did i not tell you do not sin against the boy and you would not listen now comes this reckoning for his blood they did not know however that joseph understood for there was an interpreter between them and they did not know that this was their brother joseph who understood their language so i want you to be cautious i want you to be careful when you see another christian brother going through distress what your response should be and what your response should not be so we are going to see when jesus was in distress what was the roles of the disciples jesus brought his disciples to the garden of gethsemane they he brought them along to spend his last moments in humiliation for support and strength he said to them stay here and keep watch with me like a soldier waiting for an attack it was their job to keep watch Jesus wanted their prayer and their support to know that they cared and they were standing by him when Jesus was hurting and stressed when he was about to face the most epic spiritual battle of his life he took some close friends with him to support him during this time of preparation he really needed some support he really needed this close friends to stand for him to stand for one another but verse 38 Jesus says my soul is very sorrowful even to death remain here and watch with me jesus takes his three men with him not just for his benefit but for theirs they would need to know their importance of being there for one another during difficult time jesus asked peter could you men not keep watch with me for one hour and the question there is a sense of disappointment and a higher expectations of the disciples he ex- expected more out of them that they could at least keep watch with him for only one hour these were his chosen disciples after all they were his inner circle people peter james and john who had also been with jesus on the mount of transfiguration and you know even through that they slept halfway This was the guy who said lord we will never betray you lord we will be we will lose our life for you and the same men are sleeping and the same way god expects expects more of us as well we as jesus disciples have been chosen by god anointed by the holy spirit to separate to be separate apart people and he says to us also keep watch with your fellow believers watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation he wasn't asking them to run a marathon or fight an army or to even go and preach all jesus asked them to do was to sit in the garden of gethsemane and watch and pray they were about to see some terrible things happen to jesus seen being arrested mocked whipped and even crucified and buried during that time the devil would whisper in their ears where is your christ now some hero you said you had here he lies dying on a tree some king you have being buried in the ground and you let him get there if you had only stayed awake 
Jesus knew what they were about to see. He also knew what he himself was going to have to go through, seeing his own sheep scattered, listening to the taunts of the Pharisees and the Sanhedrin, standing up through all of that, only to have to face God's wrath of hell on the cross. This would not be easy for him as well. So I'm sure that he too wanted prayer from his disciples and he asked them and he wanted them to watch and pray, not one time, two times, three times. And Jesus said it was just one hour. But the disciples, how did they respond to this one hour commission? Every time Jesus came back, they were sleeping. Why? Matthew says they did it because their eyes were heavy. Luke also says that they were exhausted from sorrow. Perhaps the thought of one of their own betraying Jesus, Jesus just depressed them on to their very heart. So they just had no energy to pray. It wasn't that they did not care. It wasn't that they were trying to betray Jesus or not to be by his side. They did not try to understand the distressing situation of their master. They did not understand what a situation he was facing. And he comes back and says, the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Jesus was disappointed in them. He warned them about how weak their flesh was. In biblical time, if a watchman fell asleep while on duty, do you know what happened to him? He was put to death on the spot. When you were given the duty to watch, the life of your entire company was at stake. So even though this was a sin of weakness, it was still a serious sin. Jesus was counting on them to pray for this one hour to stand watch with him. It was an important hour because he was on the verge of being handed over to be crucified. Jesus could have used their support and prayers and they all fell asleep. Each and every one of us go through these periods of intensity where we need one another. The moments where we really need people to pray for us, that we need to pray for others too. Paul says in Colossians chapter 4, verse 2 to 3, devote yourself to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. It is our duty to pray for one another and not to sleep in prayer when they need it the most. God expects us to pray. Our fellow Christian needs us to pray. When we need it the most, when Christ needed the most, what did his inner circle people do? Three times Jesus come back from praying. Every time, what did he find them doing? Sleeping? Falling asleep. They let their master down. What a disappointing show of allegiance they were showing. In seeing Jesus distressed, they should have stayed awake and prayed along with him, keeping God by his side, but they failed. So how did Jesus handle the distressing situation? Instead of sleeping in the face of war, Jesus prepared for the ultimate battle with sin, death and devil. What Jesus does through this in trial is, he too would have been tempted to fall asleep. His sorrow was the greatest of all. He was the one being betrayed. But instead overcoming his weak flesh, Jesus stayed focused on one thing, his trip to the cross. He would not allow his sorrow to overwhelm him. He would not allow himself to die at the thought of going to the cross. He knew that the only person he could trust it 
in was his father he knew the only person who could save him from him from his coming trial was his father that was his first response in jesus we see the perfect example of focus trust and strength in jesus we see a true warrior at work he was willing to discipline his flesh and make it to go to a most painful place to the cross in seeing the weakness of his disciple he was reminded that he has to go to the cross and die for them because they are weak when we see jesus pray in the garden it's a strong reminder to us as to why we trust in him for our salvation because there is no one else we would rather have to fight against sin and death except him and luke 22:44 says and being in an agony he prayed more earnestly and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground he did not quit he was not overwhelmed by what was going on he did not blow his situation out of proportion he did not fall apart but his first response to fight in prayer jesus was in such agony that he was sweating large drops of blood and that is a lot of pressures jesus flesh was not weak it was holy and perfect therefore while his chosen disciples were getting a good night rest he made himself stay awake and pray to the lord it was quite a struggle he was having he knew he had been called to suffer for the sins of the world yet the more he thought of it the more difficult the thoughts became he needed to pray he said my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death therefore he took this hour to do some serious talking with god to get absolute confirmation from the father and the holy spirit that this was the only way going a little farther he fell with his face to the ground and i prayed my father if it is possible may this cup be taken from me yet not as i will but as you will this was his first response group in this time of distress he surrendered himself to the will of his father and he did not fall apart he did not blow it out of proportion but he went to his father the one who will stand by him lord and heavenly father lord what a great example you have set before us when we face the utter loss of hope when the distressing news hits us that we can model what you model in get some money that we can fight against the weaknesses that we can fight against the voice of the evil we can fight against even when the people around us are letting us down that we need you when you are on our side you will teach us how to handle this distressing situation that we don't have to fall apart we don't have to blow out of proportion and say oh look at me and have pity party but we can overcome sin we can overcome sorrow we can overcome death by submitting our lives in your hands by submitting ourselves to prayer by submitting ourselves to trust in you to hope in you to get strength from you even in the face of utter loss even in the face of utter hopeless situation when we trust in you when we depend on you when we run to you 
even when in our hearts we don't have the strength to run to you even lord when the when the distressing news is pulling us down that we don't have the strength to walk when we cannot carry that heavy weight that is pressing us down and making each and every step harder and harder and making every breath shallower and shallower we can run to you you are our first response i pray father god for each one of us father god make us to run to you as to as our first response and not our last help lord not our flesh to come lord but allow your power to strengthen us and your power to guide us i pray all of this lord in the mighty and matchless name of jesus christ i pray amen